Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There is a passage I want us to look at, and as I reflected upon this passage uh, and the message that I pray God will give me utterance to share today, it occurred to me that this week's message is actually a prequel to last week's message, the whole notion of living behind before, how when we understand that Jesus is before all things and by him all things consist. To be a child of God is to live our lives in affirmation and acknowledgement of that awesome reality. And God's spirit just kind of hooked it up and here we are again today in a similar focus and similar theme as we share. It's in Exodus chapter 13 verses 17 through 22, Exodus 13, verses 17 through 22. I want to read this passage as you stand from the New International Version. It reads, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people." For a few moments this morning, I want to share with you the subject, Don't Get Ahead of God. Bob Mumford in his book, Take Another Look at Guidance, describes a certain harbor in Italy that can only be reached by sailing up a very narrow channel between dangerous rocks and cliffs. Many ships have wrecked there. In order to guide ships safely to their destination, the port authorities mounted three lights on three huge poles in the harbor. Ship captains were instructed when approaching the harbor 
only when the lights perfectly lined up as one was it safe to enter the narrow channel. Unfortunately, we live in a day when many people, including those who claim to be Christians, are selling off course. Admittedly, there are times when our pathway is clear, when the decisions that we must make are obvious and before our face. These moments of directional clarity are rare, however. The Harlem Renaissance poet James Weldon Johnson invokes the same note as he begins the moving stanza, the third stanza of what is now the Negro National Anthem, lift every voice and sing, when he says, God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we pray. In this text that we read together this morning, Moses and the children of Israel were led by God into a new beginning. It is obvious in the text, if you read it in text and context, that at a number of points, God was in charge as they moved from captivity to Canaan. Moses displays exemplary leadership skills because he does not get ahead of God. There are three reasons in the text why we should not get ahead of God. First of all, we should not get ahead of God because there are dangers we cannot discern. God did not lead Israel by the shortest route. It would have taken them into Philistine territory. Fresh from Egyptian bondage, the Israelites were in no way ready for a battle. The issue was not terrain, but timing. While the Israelites marched in military formation, they were not prepared for a fight. And God knew this. The detour would certainly delay, elongate, extend their trip, but God knew what was best for them, and he knows what's best for us. Psalm 103, stanzas 13 and 14, the psalmist says, As a father hath compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And I love this part, for he knows what we're made of. Let me say that again. He knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. God knows our capacity for blessing, and God knows our capacity for burden. In the words of that great song, he knows how much, he knows how much we can bear. And so it's not wise to get ahead of God. Fortunately, the battle is not ours, but it's the Lord's. We do not have a rumble in the jungle here, but what we do have is a detour in the desert. And God knew Pharaoh and his armies would pursue Israel in a premature battle with their ancient enemies. The Philistines would be ill-advised at this point in time. And so the decision not to go ahead 
was a wise choice because God understood how much they could bear. One of the reasons we should not get ahead of God is he knows what we can handle. Maturing Christians can answer this question because you know you are growing in your relationship with God when you get to the place where you can thank God for those moments when he said no. You can thank God for those times in your life when he said wait a while. You thought you were ready for it. You thought you could handle it. God said hold on child of God. He knows. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows we're but dust. And then those seasons when we face our challenges and we think why me and why now and why this and then as we go through it we realize that God knows what he's doing because if it had happened five years earlier we couldn't have handled it but at this point I ought to have somebody in here we can say thank you we didn't know as much about the word then. Our prayer life wasn't as consistent then. We didn't have the support system we have now. And we thank God for delaying and detouring. And we thank God that we didn't get ahead of him. So one of the reasons we don't get ahead of God is because there are dangers we cannot discern. Another reason is, and it's in the text, it's in the text, is there is data or evidence we cannot dismiss. Not just dangers we cannot discern, but there's data we cannot dismiss. Verse 19 introduces another movement in the text that is a second reason we don't get ahead of God. What encourages us to wait on God, to trust God, is that there is data or evidence that we cannot dismiss. You know, when you're reading this passage, verse 19 is an interesting historical note. But at first reading, it seems out of sync with the rest of the text. What does bearing Joseph's bones out of Egypt have to do with not getting ahead of God. This is unusual, particularly in light of the haste that the Bible tells us they left the country of Egypt in. But see, what happens is over 400 years earlier, Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers. His jealous brothers. However, when you read the narrative in Genesis, everywhere Joseph turned, God was with him. See, when folks set a trap for you, when you don't get ahead of God, God will he'll work it out. He'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Joseph rose to the second most powerful and prominent position behind Pharaoh. Because of his favor with Pharaoh, his family was spared from famine, and they ended up relocating to Egypt. 
There they prospered and enjoyed the favor of Pharaoh. Joseph died in Egypt, but before he died, he told his brothers to swear to him that when they left and went into the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they would take his remains with them. Therefore, given all the prodigious skills that the Egyptians, this African nation had in mummification, in embalming, Joseph was embalmed in Egypt. Just read chapter 50 of Genesis. But he was not placed in a coffin below ground. He was placed in a unique coffin. You, you miss it in translation, but it's called a sarcophagus. It was an above ground coffin. So that all those years that Israel was in bondage and dealing with hard oppression because there was a Pharaoh who arose who did not know Joseph. What encouraged them was when they walked by this above the ground chest a coffin. They remembered Joseph's prophecy and promise that trouble don't last always. There was an above ground witness that encouraged them even in the midst of their suffering and their oppression not to get ahead of God. One of the reasons that we should not get ahead of God is that in your life there ought to be some above ground stuff. There ought to be some above ground data. There ought to be some above ground evidence that God keeps his word. There ought to be in your life Oh, just close your eyes this morning and let your soul go back. There ought to be in your life some insignia, some memento, some emblem that God is an on-time God. That he may not come when you want him. Some of you, like me, you bearing psychic wounds. They're not always visible scars. There's some stuff you went through. There was some psalms you went through and the above ground evidence lets you know he may not come when you want him but he's always I'm always looking for above ground evidence. Sometimes because as a pastor I'm privileged to walk with you through some difficult times. I just stand back and see how God has blessed so many of you and brought so many of you through a storm. How he still works miracles. How he stood with you when mama died. How he was there when you didn't have a job. How he brought you up the rough side of the mountain. And I get happy on your testimony. Hey, I got some stuff in my spirit. When there was more month than money, the Lord will make a way somehow. Every day they walk by the sarcophagus. They saw 
the remains of Joseph there, it reminded them that Joseph trusted in God and that he said one day, don't get ahead of God. Don't start trying to fix it yourself. Turn it over to the Lord. He'll work it out. So there's, there's data we cannot dismiss. You got to know for yourself with some above ground information that the Lord can work it out. So there is data we cannot dismiss. There is danger we cannot discern. But the third reason is there are demonstrations we cannot doubt. The text says that we don't get ahead of God because when we do, we miss demonstrations that we cannot doubt. God led Israel with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud during the day. These demonstrations were tangible evidence and demonstration of God's presence and his power. Israel would have missed this if they took matters in their own hands. If they listened to the military strategists in their midst and said, we need to go our way and not the way God has led us. But God provided for them and for us 24-7 coverage. See, these demonstrations, they were concrete because they could be seen. They were captivating and compelling because it got their attention. They were constant because the Bible says they never went away. And they were convertible because the demonstrations were suited for the settings. Tailored for the times. That was a cloud to cover them in the day. And a pillar of fire that provided light, security, and warmth at night. But there are some questions you may have right now. You ask, Pastor, what do I do now? Why can't I trust my instincts or my intelligence? Why should I wait on God when the right path seems so clear to me? There's no cloud now, no fiery pillar to guide me. What are the demonstrations of God's power and presence right now? Early this morning, the Lord took me over to the second epistle of Peter. Peter said to the church who was going through a storm, he related to them what happened on Mount Hermon. When he, James, and John went up to the zenith of the mount with Jesus. And there on the mount of transfiguration, they saw Jesus transformed. They saw him transfigured in their very presence. There they saw Moses and Elijah, those Old Testament saints and heroes come over and talk to Jesus. 
Peter was so astounded and moved. He said, it's good to be here. But when he writes in 2 Peter, he says, as good as that was, we have a more sure word. See, I have to struggle with that. Peter, that, that had to be an amazing, phenomenal experience. He said, that's right, but as good as it was, you got something better now. Because you have a sure word of prophecy. You have the word of God. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of old as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They spake these things that you now have. You see, the Lord is in front of us. Some said, he's a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my pathway. I'm not going to get ahead of God today. As I close, I want to tell you, I tried to think about and ask the Lord to help me close this message. But my mind went back down memory lane. And this morning, I remembered how a few years ago I took a trip. I left home armed with all the directions to my destination. I believe those directions were clear. But when I got there, my directions failed me. And after attempt, after attempt, I found myself lost in the city. And then it occurred to me, why don't you just pick up the phone and call your hosts and tell them that you lost? Well, those words resonated in my spirit. And I picked up the phone, called my host pastor, and said, you know, I'm over here and I read the street sign. And I don't know how to get to my destination. And his words came back. And they were reassuring to my heart. He says, don't you move. He said, just stay there. He says, I'm going to come and get you and lead you to your destination. Well, what I thought about, isn't that what the gospel is? Back in eternity past, when we were lost in our sin, God just said, don't you move. You just stay there. I'm going to come down and get you and lead you home. Do I have any witnesses here? And he came down and he died for my sin. But early, 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 Sunday morning, he got up. Some of you lost. You're stuck in traffic. Throw away the directions. Fall down on your knees. Call on him and hear him say, stay there. I'm going to come and see about you. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org. For more information about us and to obtain resources provided by TD Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love 
by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.